loved Skull. Skull was just such a personality. I mean, he was just uh, a character. Oh, everyone loves Scully. Skull and I've been friends a long time. Now you can stand side by side with country music's biggest stars as they hunt for his killer. What is going on, everybody? I'm Dalen. This is my boy, Mark, and welcome to the only show on the internet that connects true crime with paranormal. Now, y'all already know how we get down. We dive deep into the lives of infamous ghosts, unraveling the mysteries behind their hunting. And we answered the one question that everybody wants to know. Why do they hunt? If you don't know by now, I am the paranormal bad boy himself, Dalen Spratt. And I'm just a ghost brother from another mother, Mark T. Oh, I love it, man. Mark, you got to hop right into it, man. Tell us who is hunting us today. All right. Today we head to the other side of Nashville's Gentleman's Quarter. We're going to like go into the 1940s all the way to the present time because this is actually a present time murder. And this is a place known as Printer's Alley. And our ghost joining us today is a guy named Skull. Wait. Like Skull and Bone Skull? <laughs> yeah, Skull and Bone. All right, this dude, his name is David Skull Shulman, and he was the owner of what was known as the Rainbow Room, and Ooh. or Skull's Rainbow Room, which he opened in 1948 in the infamous Printer's Alley of Nashville. And so a lot of people were confused, you know, when I was talking about Banker's Alley and Undertaker Alley, and everybody was like, well, wait, I thought there was a Printer's Alley. Well, you're right. The corner of Banker's Alley matches up with Printer's Alley. So <laughs> like I was saying, Cherry Street was actually the men's quarter. Then you had a seedy alleyway, which was known as Banker's Alley, which I call Undertaker Alley. And then behind Cherry Street was Printer's Alley. So this was really the dark place during Prohibition because Prohibition really shut down the men's quarter right after about 1909. And so a lot of bootlegging was going on in the back alley known as Printer's Alley. And Skull Shulman was the mayor of Printer's Alley. Now, but what, what, what a place called Skull's Rainbow Room, and, and might I add, that's a badass name. It's like it you, it, Skull's Rainbow Room says, <laughs> I'm a badass, but I like to smile. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what I get out of that. Yeah, he was. Well, so he got the nickname because he fractured his skull in a car accident. Okay. Uh, but he okay. Did, and you're right. He liked to smile. I mean, there was always a smile on his face. In fact, he was known for his flamboyant clothes, uh, lots of rhinestones. He had hee-haw overalls, which were rainbow colored. Uh, he was famous on yeah. Hee Haw, the show. He'd sit in the front row. He was just like the famous guest of Hee Haw. Uh, oh, so he was like an extra. Well, he, he wasn't really an extra. I mean, he was just a uh, a fan of country music in Nashville, but also he knew all the country music stars because his Rainbow Room in his heyday had, let's see if you've heard these people before. Elvis Presley? Nope. Jimi Hendrix? Maybe. The Pointer Sisters? Never. Okay. I mean, you know, not a music <laughs> fan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope. That's actually a really, really dope lineup but is I, I love the fact that he sat in the audience of hee-haw because you know that's where i got my start right yeah no i did i remember you were in the corn stalks 
um, back there. Um, you know, uh, de- I'm definitely not talking about hee haw. I got my start as an extra in The Walking Dead. If you go back to the first season of The Walking Dead, and you look at like episode two or three, um, the zombies are trying to break into this like church, and there's these Latin gang members protecting the elderly. And I oh. play like a Dominican drug lord. I don't have no lines, but you see me in the mm-hmm. back sweating hard with a sleeveless mm-hmm. shirt on. Yeah, no, you played Dominican uh, drug lord really well. <laughs> Thank you. Really well. Thank you. I, hey, I poppy, was hoping... poppy, it's the first of the month, Poppy. Poppy, you, Poppy, Poppy. You, the I... first comes at the same time every month, Poppy. That's, <laughs> that's how I was warming up for my Dominican drug lord. Landlord role. I'm just glad you weren't typecast as Dominican. (laughs) Right. Black drug dealer. No, we can't make him that. Let's make him a Dominican gang member. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, you know, good. You found your calling in life. (laughs) Right. I'm so glad you've moved on. So. But anyways, yeah, Skulls was uh was the place to go. Yeah, like I was saying, you know, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Pointer Sisters, the Supremes. Oh, wow. You know, Jimi Hendrick, Bob Dylan, everybody was getting their start there. You know, Willie Nelson, he got his start there. And let's not forget all the exotic dancers. Okay. By day, Skull could be seen walking his dyed poodles. He actually dyed the hair of his poodles, like various colors, light blues, pinks, purples, rainbows, uh, Christmas colors at Christmas. He also gave them rhinestone leashes and... uh by nights, he threw the best parties in town. I always kind of compare it to like Saturday Night Live, right? Ooh. Because Saturday, well, so Saturday Night Live is known for their infamous, you know, rap parties after the show every every time. But Hee Haw was kind of like the country music SNL, right? So if you were Johnny Cash or Elvis Presley and you went on Hee Haw and then you went back to Skulls, which was probably four blocks away from where they taped Hee Haw, you know, and did the infamous... Uh, after party, you know, and rap party for the uh, for Hee Haw and Skull was, you know, that's what made him the mayor of Printer's Alley. Uh, so that's he was one of those guys that just everybody loved. So you made a good point. Even though he had the name Skull, <laughs> he always had a smile on his face and his clothes would definitely say that he was a happy, colorful person. So why does he haunt? What happened to Skull? I, I know you're dying to know. Literally. Why else would we be here, right? Yeah, well, that's why we do podcasts. <laughs> so, um, well, January 21st, 1998. Do you know where you were? 1998, I was in the eighth grade, January oh. the 1st. Mm-hmm. So I was fresh out of seventh, going into eighth. That was the, uh, yeah, we was, on, we was on Christmas break for uh, going into the, in the eighth grade. So I was probably wow. at home in Dallas, Texas, man. Uh, playing with whatever toys I opened up on Christmas Day. God. Eighth grade had to be like a, a, a maybe a Super Nintendo or something came out, maybe. Mm. Or maybe yeah. maybe a PlayStation. Maybe a PlayStation for Christmas yeah, think, around that time. I think so, PlayStation. Yeah, it could be. Play- yeah, Super Nintendo definitely, for sure, 98. Yeah. So, well, unfortunately, Skull was not having a good day on January 21st, 1998. Oh, wow, you just he, set me up. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I apologize, but it's what I do. So, uh, yeah, remind you, I said 1948 is when he opened up the Rainbow Room. So that means he has operated the Rainbow Room for 50 years. So in 1998, Skull is actually 80 years old. And Skull was known to, much like our friend Ike, 
really hang out at his establishment at all hours of the day. Well, okay. Uh, so how far is his place from Ike's place in downtown Nashville? Oh, I'm glad you asked that because uh, as re- you know, Ike was the Southern turf on the men's side, the men's quarter uh, and printers alley was the back alley. Well, guess what? What if I told you they were the same building? Wait a minute. So you're saying Ike and school operated out of the same exact building? Yep. Not at the same time, because Ike was passed away at 19, in 1916, but the Southern Turf and the Rainbow Room are actually the same building. The Southern Turf faces 4th Avenue, uh, and that was the men's quarter, and the Rainbow Room faces Printer's Alley. So in essence, Rainbow Room was literally the back door of the Southern Turf. What? Yeah. Either Nashville is hella small, so you don't feel like that's a coincidence? That's not a coincidence? You know I don't believe in coincidences. And that's probably why I'm telling you this story, because on January 21st, 1998, uh, our friend Skull was actually violently murdered. In fact, his neck was slit, and he was stabbed 36 times. You said he was 80 years old? Yeah, he was 80 years old. Oh, come on, man. How are you 80 years old and someone slits your throat and stabs you 30-something times? Yeah, you had to be a pretty desperate individual and sick individual to do something like that to an 80-year-old man. Of course, with the death of Skull, the 50-year run of the Rainbow Room also died with him. Oh, man, that's horrible. Yeah, sad story. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, Ike, as we found out, you know, unalived himself and that was in the building, the Southern turf and skull was also kind of like the captain of his ship, the rainbow room. And he died of a violent death. So it's, it's a little coincidental. And like I said, I don't believe in coincidences. It's definitely of no surprise that skull is seen now as an apparition all over Printer's Alley, and especially in his beloved Rainbow Room, which has now reopened and is being operated as if it were the same place that Skull used to run. The ghost of Skull is said to walk Printer's Alley, and even his poodles have been seen. And usually this is right around the time where the bars are closing. Uh, So, you know, make that for what you will. Maybe it's some you know, liquid courage that might have enhanced these abilities to see good old skull walking. I don't know, but I do know that he's there in the alley. Uh, he's also at the restaurant. In fact, that bar stool that he was famous for always sitting at, which also was the place he met his final demise, is said to be the coldest spot in the entire uh, bar. Uh, and from time to time, there's even uh, some droplets of water that'll drop on people that sit there when there's no pipes known to be above that or a vent or anything. Wild. What's it called now? Is it still called Skulls? Yeah, they named it after Skull. It's called Skulls Rainbow Room, named right after him. You know what I think is dope about, what is dope about Nashville, man? It seems like people in Nashville really care about the history and the mm-hmm. preservation of Nashville. It doesn't seem like people come in and want to change and make a new 
but they want to just continue the legacy of these places. So it's, I think it's really dope that Ike's and Skull's Rainbow Room, the Southern Turf and the Rainbow Room, are still standing, still operating in the capacity that they were operating years ago. And yeah, still providing the same type of entertainment, give or take a couple of services, <laughs> if yeah, you know what I mean. We're minusing a couple of services. Well, and it's <laughs> yeah. funny because so Printer's Alley during, you know, from Ike's time was really, you know, uh, the burlesque red light district from like the 1940s all the way up to the 1990s. The whole street was covered with music joints and strip clubs. Mm. So... But it was there was a period in Nashville where I guess they call it the Great Renaissance, where everything kind of got wiped away and and was made anew again. And so Broadway kind of like took a backseat to entertainment during like the seventies and eighties and sixties, and, and because you really actually weren't allowed to buy alcohol in Nashville at all in any establishment in a bar or anywhere. Up until 1967. So, Are you serious? Yeah. All that entertainment and all that lifestyle. Now, granted, they did find ways to get alcohol, but a lot of it was being done in Printer's Alley, which is kind of neat because when you think about doing something, you know, illegal that actually, you know, when it comes to like drinking booze, I mean, now we know it's, you know, it it's obviously something that, you know, is hedonistic, but it's what some a lot of people do. They go to bars, they have a drink, you know, it's been helping people get sex like, you know, myself for years. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, something that's not much of a problem. But, you know, during Nashville's Bible Belt times, they got rid of it for almost 70 years. <laughs> so, so just for clarification, the usage of alcohol for you gives you liquid courage to approach the opposite sex in your heyday? Oh, no, I don't need liquid courage. I have courage. <laughs> the liquor just gives you the swag. <laughs> yeah, swag. No, I think it just, you know, beer goggles, you know, I become more attractive, I think is the term. Uh, the beer, you know, because, I mean, what did, what did somebody say? I look like Dom DeLuise. Wow. <laughs> I have reached that point in my life. Do you know who Dom DeLuise is, or did you have to look it up? I still haven't looked it up, but I think it would be amazing if you just put a picture up right now <laughs> so the audience can see your lookalike. Wow. I thought Jock Black was bad because that guy looks like he hasn't showered in six weeks, and I at least shower every six days. At but least. Like, Dom, yeah, but Dom DeLuise? Oh, man, did I... And it's funny because it just shows some of the age of our of our uh, listeners, which is totally fine because grandmas love me. But like, <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that oh, I've I'm looking the at point. Ah! You, do, you do look like you got to <laughs> no, put the picture no. up, and you got to put this picture up. Which one? Hold on, let me yeah. see. Oh yeah, that's the good one. <laughs> I don't know if you can see. <laughs> you got to yeah. put that picture side by side. It's funny because this now makes you Burt Reynolds because in in like Burt Reynolds' heyday, his sidekick was the fat chubby Dom DeLuise. Okay, so, okay. And and, and Burt but, Reynolds but was women Dom. liked Burt Reynolds back in the day, right? He was almost a oh, sex he was the sexiest the day, right? man alive. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're the you're the modern day Burt Reynolds, and I'm the modern day Dom DeLuise. I love it. 
Burt Baby. I need, to, <laughs> I need to go on a diet. Anyways, back to Skull. Listen, I would have frequented Skulls. Yeah. As when I was, you know, I didn't always look like Dom DeLuise, by the way. I did look like Tom Cruise at one point. So, you know, I mean, I can see the my wife. Yeah, my wife definitely shows that I obviously had some sort of good looks. Or maybe it was the liquid courage. I don't know. <laughs> or her beer goggles that she had. Her beer, <laughs> she, she's currently still wearing the beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so anyways, we do have a, uh, a haunting going on here. Uh, but let's get into the history of Printer's Alley and why they call it Printer's Alley. Um, so as I was saying... It, it was not a place that was closed during the Prohibition era of Nashville. So it was the place that you could, you know, get alcohol and also have some entertainment. So along with alcohol came the burlesque shows, which for lack of a better term is just a strip club. Um, and so again, this is kind of reminding me of Vegas um, in the sixties now, you know, cause I'm sure there was some gambling done in those back rooms as well. So they just kind of moved the party that they got rid of in 1909 from fourth Ave to the alley, which is now printer's alley. So printer's alley got its name because it was the main hub for all the newspapers starting in 1910, including the big ones, the banner, and the Tennessean in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, the Tennessean actually bought the Southern Turf and kicked out Old Ike. And, right. you know, the Rainbow Room was established in 1948, but after, you know, basically the Tennessean had operated there for, you know, 40 years. But when they moved out, that's when Skull moved in uh, to the back of the Southern Turf because you really couldn't use the front of the Southern Turf uh, for two reasons. One, you'd be showing your hand <laughs> that you're selling booze and ladies. <clears throat> and uh, you would also, it was an office building at this point, you know, because the Tennessean used it as their main office in the front. So Skull was smart enough to start in the back, in the back door. And he loved it that way. You know what yeah. I mean? He wanted to be an exclusive, exclusive club for people you know, to go. And then once he started making friends with all these up and coming musicians and definitely breaking them into the scene, like Willie Nelson, Tanya Tucker, you know, all these famous country stars now, uh, you know, this became the hottest place in town. So right. everything that was going on was password, you know. That is and so when dope. We go, yeah. So when we go there, you'll kind of notice it. Like, it just it they've they've kind of kept it that way, and you can listen to all the entertainment you want. It's just they never really got rid of, like you said, the charm of that back speakeasy thing. There's no TVs in these bars, you know. It's just live music, you know, really thick stone walls. Yeah, you know, it we're just not talking your like, your your present day sports bar. Like nah. this is your old speakeasy. I, there's a few a few places like that in downtown LA I used to frequent. And so it's mm. dope. I feel like those are like copycats. This is probably way more authentic because these are establishments that were really there during these times. You Absolutely. know, L.A., they try to make things trendy. Mm -hmm. They're very good at faking things in L.A. <laughs> right. Ooh. Ooh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this place, these were like, you know, I, I, I appreciate the fact that the venues that are there now really just didn't change a thing, you know, um, other than the prices. 
because right. they're crazy expensive now. Crazy. Anyways, it's kind of a fine dining place. We should eat there at Skulls. Okay. Um, you know, eat with Skull, maybe. Maybe we'll celebrate the end of season one of Why They Hunt by eating at Skulls. Mm, and then walking the over to the Southern Turf and seeing what they got going over there, too. You know, that new restaurant, I'm really upset that they call it Sinatra's. <laughs> y'all, I don't think y'all understand how many times I've had to hear Mark complain about them turning the Southern Turf into Frank Sinatra's. What do you say, Mark? Frank didn't even have a connection to Nashville. <laughs> I, not that I know of, and I'm a Frank fan. I mean, the guy's from New Jersey. I mean... Like, there's nothing about Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like, uh, he didn't know Ike. I'm, I, I have no, I have, I, you tell me at home. I know there's, we have some police, policing and detectiving going on in the comments. You tell me, can you find a connection to Frank Sinatra in Nashville? Because there is just nothing as far as It I'm seems concerned. like they were trying to open up the restaurant. It was like, ah, we need a celebrity name. And somebody was like, ah, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Well, now they're going to feel dumb when our viral Southern Turf ghost on a drone video goes crazy and all we talk about is the Southern Turf and they're going to be like, why don't we just name it the Southern Turf? I mean, look at this huge video presence. And oh, by the way, do we know who these guys are? Because we need to arrest them for shooting a drone into our windows. I, I for sure feel like they were going to try to press charges. <laughs> so we might yeah. want to keep well, this under there, the radar, so. guys. Yeah. Don't I'll tell them like, our names, y'all. Don't put like, our names TV in magic. the comments. Guys, do not put our names in the comments because that is called snitching. Yeah. Mm. So anyways, Printer's Alley, you know, was really flourishing in its heyday in 1967. Uh, and that's when they, you know, got rid of Prohibition in Nashville. So you already had the momentum of the the bar scene in Printer's Alley, you know. So just when it became legal, everybody wanted to go there now. So, right. You know, from about 1967, really into the 1980s, you know, the Rainbow Room, the hottest place in town and led by Skull. So let's talk more about the circumstances around the death and let's see if we can get to the bottom of why uh, David Skull Schulman haunts uh, Printer's Alley to this day and including the new Rainbow Room. On January 21st, 1998, about, you know, 6 p.m., just before the bar would open, one of the vendors of the Rainbow Room showed up and instead of seeing Skull on his usual bar stool uh, that he was known to sit there right before this place opened and read the newspaper, uh, he was nowhere to be found. And so they looked around and they saw Skull on the ground holding his neck and blood everywhere. When paramedics got there, they noticed that his throat was slashed three times and he was clearly knocked out by a liquor bottle. Also to point out, there was no money found on him or in the register. He did survive, though, because even at 80, Skull was a fighter, uh, and he wasn't going to go down without a fight. That's wild. It took investigators a long time to solve this murder, and uh, it wasn't until 2001 when the fingerprints that they obtained from the crime scene finally came up with a hit. And two men were arrested, 19 years old, James Cavey, and a Jason Pence, who at the time of the murders was 26. They were both charged with robbing and violently murdering Skull. Oh, wow. Pence, who was very saucy over the fact that he only got five bucks from the 50 that they stole, 
confess to everything and ratted out his partner, Kavay, as the main guy with the knife and the guy that stole the money. That's, what, that's how it always is, man. You can't do crime with criminals. Think about that. You can't do crime with criminals, man. Nothing's fair. Nothing's fair. That man set up that whole robbery, man, and got $5. And they both end up going to jail for a long time. Pence told in his confession that he knew Skull because Skull was one of those people that would help the homeless and offer them jobs at Skulls as busboys or dishwashers or anything. And uh, Pence was actually one of those boys that he worked there. So uh, he got to know Skull pretty well. And he also knew that Skull was a guy that liked to keep big wads of cash in the bib of his overalls. So Pence said that he told Kavay that the idea was to just rob Skull and then take off. That's all they wanted to do, at least in Pence's eyes. Little did he know, Kavay was not somebody to be messed with. So at 5 p.m., the two met at the parking garage across from the Rainbow Room, and they entered the room before the place opened, and the door was unlocked because Skull was used to having vendors come in before the bar opened. There he was at the same stool that he always sat in every single day reading the newspaper. Kavay went to him and asked for money, but Skull, even at 80, was like, Hell no, I ain't giving you no money. At that time, Pence said that Kavay put a knife to his neck, and when he asked him one last time, give me the money or I'm going to kill you, Skull said no, and Kavay then continued to slash his throat three times. He cut his th throat three times? Dang. They then ran with money from the cash register as there was no money found in the bib overalls. And when they met up later, that's when they find out it was only $50. Believe it or not, they met up at the Southern Turf to distribute the money. What? He died the next day at the hospital. Tanya Tucker was at his side, Willie Nelson. Uh, and in fact, Willie actually went on America's Most Wanted uh, to try to track down who would do such a horrendous act to Skull. Here's a little excerpt from that episode. Skull and I have been friends a long time, and he was a fan and, and friend and ever since I first went to Nashville back in 1961. This is Skull's trademark. It's his uh, belt buckle that he used to wear to scare the evil and the bad people away. I'd say it was about 2.30 when he came in. Of course, he always gets a shave, haircut, shampoo. I called him a cab, and he left the shop at 4.30. It was about 4.30 when I went over to Skulls Club, and uh, I chatted with him for a spell. He wanted me to put some photos up for him, but I was very tired from working somewhere else. And I told him I'd do it tomorrow, and I left about 15 minutes right after I entered there, and that was the last time I saw Skull. here at about 6.20 that afternoon that uh, Skull was found laying here uh, looking as if he'd been assaulted by a knife wound. The evidence suggests that Skull was cut six times here and during the struggle he fell and hit the bar stool and fell over onto the floor. 
uh, paramedics and ourselves uh, found Skull and took him to the hospital. And so I went to the hospital, and that, that was a, yeah, it was a, it was a tough experience. I, I sang him a little song, and I, I believe that I believe he heard, he heard me. I hope he did. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. So cheer up, my brothers, live in the sunshine. Cause we'll understand it all by and by. And I think that what that song says is um, we don't really know why these things happen to such really wonderful people. And others that are around us are so evil and are, they prosper. He died an hour later. Yeah, but we'll all miss Skull. So the two guys that, that harmed good old school where are they now like are they still locked up convey being sentenced to life in prison so he is now serving his term life in prison no possibility of parole and because pence was so you know open to telling his side of the story and basically gave up convey uh pence is still uh in prison as well he's serving uh 25 years so he's probably caught in 2002 so he's coming up on his chance to get out. Cool, there, man. There. Well, this sounds like there. an interesting story, man. I hate that for old school, man. But it seems like what really draws me to these stories is more so the building itself. I think we might need to do some more history and in looking into that because, like, why would these two prominent bar owners face such tragic endings in and around their establishment? And it's the same building. That's wild. That's wild. Listen, and again, I've said it, and I said it during Ike's investigation, you know, there is some serious energy revolving around not only the men's quarter on 4th Avenue, but Printer's Alley, and then, of course, the alley that <laughs> essentially the Southern Turf created this alley, okay? Because the mm -hmm. Southern Turf goes from 4th Avenue all the way to Printer's Alley. It's a massive building, and the alley we sat in for Ike's investigation leads right to skulls. So, and what alley is that? It's Undertaker Alley. So here's my thing. I think two things. One, we should go to Skull and just see how he's doing now. Uh, just check in on him. Of course. And then two, uh, let's go back to the alley. Okay. Okay. Now we let's won't have the drone. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not mad about that anymore. Okay, yeah, probably not flying the drone in Undertaker Alley anymore, just saying. But uh, we can bring something else, like a REM pod um, or something. Yeah. And I think we go back there, and, uh, you know, we got so much stuff uh, when we were there. To begin with, we were talking to a lady, and they kept shutting her up, you right, know. Right, right. Uh, just, there's just so much going on there. Um, so I think this is a great opportunity for us to go back. You know, one more time. What the hell? Let's just go back hey man, one listen, more time. I can go back to Nashville and Undertaker Alley, Printer Alley, uh, 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 Newspaper Alley, Southern Turf, Rainbow Room, any day of the week, man. I love it out there. Well, I right, like then. Dalen's Boom Boom Room. That sounds like it could have been on that alley, right? Heck yeah, Dalen Boom Boom Room. 
<laughs> right next to the Black yeah, Poodle. Boom Boom Room. Only in that. Only in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee. All the greats visited Dalen's Boom Boom Room. Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, 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 Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, who else? Who else you seen at Dalen's Boom Boom Room, Mark? Uh, uh MC Hammer. And, uh, MC Hammer yep. was there in the late 2000s. Yeah, young MC. Um, young MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all the littles you can think of. All know? the little. Little Wayne, little Zane, uh, 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 little, little Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. Only at the world famous Dalen's Boom Boom Room. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, no, I'll see you at the Rainbow Room. Um, I'm going to. Conveniently meet, let's located meet. next to Dalen's Boom Boom Room. <laughs> <laughs> let's meet at the uh the printer's alley and uh gotcha. I'll, I'll show you i'll show you some seediness and then um although it's not very seedy now it's just it just looks it looks still seedy but it's pretty nice and then uh yeah we'll head uh we'll head to uh skull's grave and then we'll we'll also check in and uh go back to printer undertaker alley at the witching hour Whoa, whoa, I love it. I love it, Mark. Man, Mark, this, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I love this. We're, I think we're like the dream team. We're the duo that the world never knew that they needed. You come with the all Reynolds this history. Reynolds and Dom DeLuise of the future. Bro, listen, you come with all this history. I sit back, listen, because I learned during this podcast. This is your yeah. expertise. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, once we're done, here comes Dalen with the big guns, baby. Spirit boxing it all the way up, live from... All these different haunted locations, man. So thank you, Mark, for bringing these stories to life for us, man. We appreciate well, you. If no one's told you, if your wife hasn't told you, which I'm sure she probably hasn't in a long time, because, no. I mean, why would no. she? We no. appreciate you, Mark. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you, too. And I appreciate you kind of helping, you know, like I said, the Oprah, you know, of Ghost, right? You're Paranormal the- Oprah, baby. Paranormal Oprah. I think that should be a t-shirt because listen, <laughs> nobody talks to paranormal ghosts like you do. Nobody does. Nobody gets the responses that you do. You know, I really don't I don't think if I sat out with a speaker box all by myself, I think it'd be like, you know. Yeah. And yeah. nobody would talk to me. They'd be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. the paranormal Oprah shows up. Oh. <laughs> you get a ghost. You get a ghost. You get a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> baby. All right, so I'll see you at the printer's alley. All right, see you soon, buddy. Why are they home?